Okay. Right. I don't even remember how to start. Should we do a new how new long? greeting for the new year? How how should it be? How did you do? How did you do? Well, how did you? Welcome to <laughs> We just would like to remind you that none of the things that we say should be taken as official recommendations. Yeah, we try to know what we're talking about, but this podcast ultimately represents the opinions of a couple yahoos with master's degrees. <laughs> it's mainly for entertainment. Right. So if you feel that you need help with your own mental health, we encourage you, please talk to your very own doctor or your very own counselor. Get real help. And remember, this podcast is not safe for work, so listen with headphones. And welcome to Freudian Sips, the podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. I feel like we haven't been together for so long. We're back, hello, Sipsters. We missed you so much. Oh my goodness, where have you been, little Sipsters? (laughs) Hopefully still listening to us. We have a backlog. But you perhaps have been celebrating the holidays with your families. And friends. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Whatever holidays you celebrate. Absolutely. I hope they were happy. Mm -hmm. And now we're starting into a new year. 2020, the Eurovision. (laughs) I hear that often and uh, it's getting kind of old actually. I've also heard 20 twice roll the dice. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Double crits, baby. I have already written several um, reports at work wrong with 2019 instead of 2020. I haven't written a check yet, so that'll be, I don't really write many checks anymore, but. I also read something that was like, hey, when you write checks, don't write like 1, 10, 20. Write 1, 10, 20, 20. Because if you write 20, someone can add 19 (gasps) to it. Oh. Yeah. That's sneaky. I know. So I've been trying to get into the habit of doing the full year. 2020. 2020. 2020. It does feel like it has potential, doesn't it? There's something about 2020 that feels... Significant. (sighs) Yes. That's a good word. Important. Important. Significant. Pressure. Lots of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) It's a leap year. Oh, it is. I forgot that. There's there's an election this year. It's a new decade. There's a lot of pressures mm-hmm. on the year. That's what I feel. I know that's maybe a glass half empty way to look at it, but I'm always like, this is a lot. This is mm. we're expecting a lot of this year, aren't we? It causes anxiety when we have too much a little bit. worry about what we're expected to accomplish. Which will kind of come back again. Segues when we, very well yeah. into our topic. We but got a little bit of pre roll. Let's first. do pre roll first. Well, First, I want to plug a new podcast aggregating site called Podchaser. I've been seeing a lot of our podcast friends that are talking about it and talking about how it's great for new ratings and reviews because there are a lot of people who don't have iTunes and that's kind of what we push most often for like, hey, go rate us on iTunes. So I think we're going to start saying go rate us on Podchaser because that's just easier for everyone to access. I know... There have been times where I've wanted to leave reviews on podcasts for myself, mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to log into iTunes. It's got like a whole bunch of steps. So I, I think Podchaser is a good way to, you know, 
let's start 2020 off right and go give us some reviews on Podchaser. That would be nice. And we are still going to offer our review offer? No. Incentive. Incentive is a good word. Mm-hmm. Our review incentive of if you give us a review on Podchaser or iTunes or wherever you want to give us a review, if you send us an email at freudiansipspod at gmail.com with a picture of the review to verify that you did it and then your address, we'll send you a sticker. We'll send you a nice sticker. die-cut Freudian Sip sticker. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. That is our our little incentive for you reviewing us because and we, we like would to just hear from love you. to hear from you. Yes, it makes us happy. It does make us and happy. and that the real treasure <laughs> is, is making that, Anna and Bonnie happy. Bonnie happy. That's the the point. <laughs> so it will be easier for them to do that. I believe than so. The, okay, I'm I'm all for easier. Yeah, and yeah. also it's. Just another, I know different people like different ways to like find new podcasts and stuff. And this Mm -hmm. is a good way to find new podcasts. Mm -hmm. So go do that. And we also should mention that we are kind of in the process of revamping our Patreon. We have a Patreon. We try to mention it at the end of the episodes and sometimes at the beginning. But we are redoing the tier system. So our new plan is to have a $2 tier that's just a flat. If you want to support us, do the $2 tier. And if you do the $2 tier, you will get access to bonus content that we are going to start releasing in a different episode. I believe it's episode 10. Is it episode 10? Yeah. It was a long time ago, yes. In episode 10, we talked about the Myers-Briggs test. And Mm -hmm. one of the the creators of the Myers-Briggs test is Isabel Briggs-Myers. And she wrote a book called Murder Yet to Come. My my lovely mom-in-law, Lori, got me the book. And I've already read it. And... Mom I'm in the process of reading it. going to read it or I the will come to her house. The process means it's laying on my kitchen table. And read it to her. <laughs> Nighttime stories. <laughs> Yay. stories. So we are going to restart releasing bi-weekly or monthly. We haven't yet decided. Chapter reviews, basically. Kind of like a little book club. A little Freudian Sips book club. Woohoo. Where we talk about that book and just kind of... I. We'll probably talk about psychology stuff, but we're just going to chat about the book, Mm -hmm, I'm sure. mm -hmm. So they're probably a little bit shorter than our regular episodes, and we'll release them every couple weeks. Um, But those will be available for Patreon exclusives. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you become a patron. That's what I was going to say. For those of us who are not as into the technology and the words that we use... Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you to define what that what it means. So you become a patron by going to Patreon and signing up to give us a monthly donation. We have one patron already, Anthony, who is the host of Capes on the Couch, another amazing psychology podcast that we do a lot of collaborating with. And we love him very much and we thank him very much for being our patron. But you go to patreon.com, you look us up, Freudian Sips, and you can register to to basically give us a donation each month. Mm-hmm. And so like when I say tiers, we're going to have a $2 tier where that's what you can sign up for mm-hmm. is to give us $2 a month. But even if you don't do that, we love that you listen to us. Yes. You don't necessarily have to pay us. No, no, no. We would just be very happy. <laughs> we just like to have you with us. Yes. Pre-roll out of the way. Do you have any pre-roll? No. Okay. What are we talking about today? Today, since we're starting a new year, we thought it would be appropriate to talk about the psychology of setting goals. Because one of the big things that we do in the beginning of a year is we, I hate to even use the word resolutions, but I've got to use that word because that's what we do. But 
you know, the beginning of a new year, you know, like you turn over that new calendar, you kind of have that. And this goes back to what Anna said about a lot of pressure, because there is a lot of pressure in that moment where it's like, okay, I got to get this year right. right. This year has got to be better than last year. Yeah. And so there's a lot of kind of negative pressure with it. But we would like to today kind of try to step back and, and take a positive look at the idea of setting goals. Yes. Because that is a positive thing and it is something that we do want to do. And I think it gets so laden with that pressure that people don't want to do it. Right. So we need to flip the script. Right. We will acknowledge as we go through this that it is sometimes a lot of pressure to have goals and some of the negative ideas. But what we really want to focus on today is the idea that setting goals is actually a very positive thing for us psychologically. Setting goals is a huge part of therapy when we go to therapy and we'll be talking about that. And just on a personal level, I mean, whether you're an athlete or um, academic or in your job, in your family life, you can set all kinds of goals so I set a goal that I'm gonna uh, dig a hole in the backyard every day <laughs> why doesn't matter it's a goal it's a goal that you want but does it reflect your values which we'll talk about my values are to- digging holes <laughs> you're actually like a mole person <laughs> I'm a mole person <laughs> you're mom embracing- don't out me on the back <laughs> I get it from my father's side. My mom is in a mole. I have none of that. I will have none of that. Okay. So where should we start, Anna Banana? Where should we start? Do you want to start with smart goals or do you want to start with brain stuff? Let's start with brain stuff and then we'll kind of... I'll I'll start if you want me to. okay. I'll do brain stuff. Okay. Okay. (laughs) There's not as much brain stuff as I thought there was going to be. So it's okay. Brain stuff is kind of interwoven. Is that redundant? Woven into. Interwoven. <laughs> I think interwoven's a word. Wait. Interwoven into the conversation. We're going to see what Google. It seems very redundant because woven implies interwoven. inter. Well, I spelled it with an M instead of an N, but interwoven is interweave. Okay. Is a word. It will be interweaved. Interweaven. <laughs> <laughs> But but just give us a little kickstart on the brain. Okay. 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 All Sorry, right. I had to burp a lot. We're kind of out of practice. We got to get our... <laughs> got to get our sea legs back here. Our wine legs back. Mm-hmm. So the main point of brain stuff when it comes to setting goals is dopamine. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that fires in our brains when we get a reward for something or when we achieve something. And when we get the shot of dopamine, it makes us happy. It gives us a happy feeling. Love me some dopamine. I feel like we talked about this in the attraction episode, did we? We've talked about dopamine a couple times. Dopamine is a very common neurotransmitter to talk about when we're talking about especially like Depression and... Counseling and stuff. Yeah. This is obviously important to goal setting because when we achieve a goal, we get a dopamine hit. And that makes us feel... (laughs) What? I just like that. We get a dopamine hit. We get a dopamine dopamine hit. Dude, give me a dopamine hit. It's on mom's mind because it's legal here now. Yeah. (laughs) Dopamine's always legal, but now marijuana is legal, so... Yes, we uh, we live in Illinois, if if anyone listening was not aware of that. And Mm -hmm. on January 1st, recreational marijuana became legal. And I'm trying to convince mom to do Freudian smokes with me, (laughs) but she won't. I'm so conservative. (laughs) I much prefer to get drunk on alcohol. <laughs> yeah, we just get drunk every single week. It's fine. I do have my values and my lines. 
Boundaries, baby. Boundaries. Okay, so dopamine, we get a dopamine hit when we do something that makes us, that we accomplish something. We accomplish it. We Mm -hmm. get, because we get that reward from it. And when we get the dopamine, it makes us motivated to keep achieving our goals. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we do achieve the goals that we set just so we are motivated to keep achieving. It's it's a self-feeding cycle. Mm -hmm. When we fail to meet the goals... That dopamine hit doesn't come. And actually, it's something called a dopamine shutoff. <gasps> not only does the dopamine hit not come, it, it's like we feel a withdrawal from it. Mm. And that makes us feel things like fear and anxiety. And that can make us less motivated to set more goals or work toward more goals. Amen to that. So it's going to feed itself either way. So mm-hmm. might as well have it be a positive cycle. Mm-hmm. And this is where goal size comes in. Goal size is really important when we're talking about goal setting. And mom's going to go into that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But especially when we think about how it relates to the dopamine hit, goal size is important because a lot of people have this idea when they set goals, they need to be huge goals. They -hmm. need to be giant things that they need to achieve. But actually, it can be much more realistic and much more healthy to set smaller goals, like daily goals, because even when we meet a daily goal, like... I started bullet journaling last year and I wasn't able to keep up with it, but I bought like a regular planner and I've started to do kind of the bullet journal thing in it mm-hmm. just without the doodling part of bullet journaling. <laughs> I just couldn't, it was too much work. But I set tiny goals and when I check those off, ooh, that's Doesn't a good dopamine good? hit. Yeah. Like I did one set of laundry. Ooh, ooh, that's a now good dopamine hit. Now you know hit. why I always make those lists that I make. Yeah. That you used to tease me about when you were a kid. Yeah. Because when you cross off, off laundry cross off wash the dishes I, I mean yeah they're little things but it's like it's crossed off yeah, I man. checked it off yeah and if the smallest thing you have on your to-do list is just like take a shower this morning brush my teeth brush my teeth yeah. like mark it off and feel good because you did it you did a thing good job gold star <laughs> Like, we take the the victories we can get, and we take the goal achievements that we can get. So be realistic in how you set your goals and how big they are, Mm -hmm. because you need to get that dopamine hit instead of that dopamine shut off. Because if you're like, I need to figure out my entire financial situation today, you're probably not going to do that. That's not a realistic goal. I have to get completely out of debt. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. At the end of 2020, I'm not going to have any student debt left. It's like, yeah, I'm probably not going to do that. But if it's like, at the end of this week, I will have, you know, brushed my teeth every day. You can probably do that. Right. And and we need to take those little victories because the more dopamine hits that we get from getting those tiny goals, the more we're motivated to get the bigger goals. I actually just read something about specifically ADHD brains responding better to those smaller tasks. Hmm. Because one part of attention deficit disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is, which is... It's all the same thing. I've talked to a lot of clients lately that are like, I don't have ADHD, I have ADD. And I have to be like, they're the same thing. Mm -hmm. In the DSM-5, we have ADHD for hyperactive and inattentive and combined. So it's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's a side note. They've they've changed the the way that they... Yeah, that's a new thing in the DSM-5. But for ADHD, a big part is decreased dopamine and decreased ability Mm. to feel dopamine. So... It's good to have those smaller goals to get those dopamine hits because it's harder to get that dopamine when you have ADHD. And with the ADHD thing of focus, it's really good to try to get those manageable goals. And that makes perfect sense with how educators often handle young people with ADHD and they have um, charts 
um, for their sticker behavior. Sticker chart was the one sticker specifically that I saw. It was it was an adult with ADHD right, talking about right. like they were talking about like meeting a word count, like writing mm-hmm. words, and they said I give myself a sticker, a gold star sticker for every 500 words I write. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. And it's like, see, I, I, it's not it's not a big reward. It's right. not like I get a huge reward, but I get that dopamine little, hit because I get to do it. And even like like you said, breaking it down into smaller pieces, like the 500 words, or like with children in school, instead of like having it be all day. Mm-hmm. To Teachers often break it down to like three hours or yeah. half a day because, quite honestly, a whole day is a little too long to it wait is. for I that know dopamine. That for so people they... who don't have ADHD, looking at it like that is like ridiculous almost. It's right. like it's just a day. Come on. But really, yeah. some brains can only manage that much time. Right. And I think that's that's really important that you emphasize that some brains and the way our brains work. And we always talk about that, whether it's the ADHD thing or like if you're dealing with depression or anxiety. Um, we've talked about before. Before, when you have depression, how hard it is, like you said, about taking a shower, yeah. how hard it is to brush your teeth. So to have those little those little hits along the way that help you, you got to take those little steps to help you to take the bigger steps. So in my, in my journal that I have, it has a little thing on each week that says like daily goals and then it has Monday through Sunday listed mm-hmm. and you can write your goals and then like do a check mark. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I have is like take a shower and take my medicine mm-hmm. just because that way I can look back and keep track on how many days I have skipped that and maybe be able to look back and say like why did I skip that like why right. wasn't I able to do it that day right. or it was just like <laughs> like today like I woke up 15 minutes before I had to be at work <laughs> whoops I think this plays into the idea too that we need to not compare ourselves to other people because so maybe your list might have brush my teeth take my meds whatever you know and you look at somebody else's list it's like you know exercise for two hours and you're like oh my god <laughs> so don't do that don't yeah. look at anybody else's list. Yeah. Don't look at anybody else's goals. Put your blinders on. Goals. Put your little horsey blinders yeah. on. Your goals are supposed to be you according are to your life, a your brain, your stallion, values. <laughs> and you need horse blinders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just talking to myself now, and you happen to be here. <laughs> I don't, Anna. We're, we're all listening, Anna. We like all heard that. staring over mom's you, shoulder you at the wall. You said that out loud, Anna. Oh, dang it. <laughs> On a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the the main, the main, the main thrust. The main brain. The main brain train (laughs) is dopamine. On the plane. plane. (laughs) Tired of these freaking trains on my freaking plane. (laughs) Is that how the movie goes? (laughs) Something like that. Should I talk about goals a little bit? Yes, please. Okay. Well, let me talk to you first about a man named Frank Small. It's S. I remember that name. I saw it because he's small. He's small. He's so small. He's small. And he's a PhD. He actually is currently a PhD who works as a psychologist. He's a working psychologist, so he does therapy. He's a small psychologist. (laughs) So are we, Anna. (laughs) Small therapists. That's what we are. Um, He works at the University of Washington. I was was playing. Serious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I was playing. I got this VR game for Christmas that's about the scream the painting the scream oh my it is very creepy i I was playing it in the same room as nathan and at one point i screamed out loud i'm very sensitive to like jump scares and i like screamed and he's like what oh my god i'm so sorry but there was a part where you had to like reach up and and hit this like streak coming from the painting but I couldn't too reach short. It. I had to jump up and get it. And Nathan, who had already played the game, was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, buddy." 
height challenged. <laughs> we are height challenged in we our family. We are small psychologists. Okay, what about, what about Frankie's moles? So Frankie, he came up with the ABC of goals, which is like now everybody knows, I guess. Except we're for gonna, me. Except for Anna. We're going to talk about what it right about, now. What is this? The ABCs <laughs> of effective goals are A stands for achievable. Okay. So it's something that you actually can achieve. B is believable. Which kind of goes with achievable, That's but kind of a hey, synonym. Frankie, he had to come Frankie. up with a B. <laughs> he couldn't come up with like big. B, bumble, so. bumblebee, bumble, bumble, <laughs> uh, font. Bitches. <laughs> no bitchy goals. No okay. Bitchy goals. Believable is B, and C is committed. So you need to to really commit to the goal, and you sure. need to believe that you're going. You need to believe that you can achieve. Okay. Believe. Believable. Believe there's got to be a better B word. I know. This but, is going to bother me. That's a I'm B word. I'm <laughs> sorry. That it, but your goals should not bother you. They should make you feel good. So that's kind of like the first stepping stone. Okay. okay. Can we start there? And honestly, I can't give you a date for that. I tried, but I couldn't find one. Um, in 1981, a dude named George Doran, he came up uh, with a rule that he called the SMART rule. Um, and he's more like into business and management and oh, that type of thing. I didn't know that. So in 1981, in a management research paper of the Washington Power Company, that's where they first talked about the SMART rule. Huh. So it was kind of a business. Honestly, if, if you Google goal setting. SMART comes up a lot. A lot of what comes up is the SMART stuff. Yeah. And a lot of what comes up is about business, is about achieving that's business. That's interesting because I, I had never heard it before I took a psychology course. And mm-hmm. I actually Me don't neither. think I heard it much until I started my grad course. Right. We talked about it in grad school. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what SMART stands for. And again, you're going to kind of go, duh. But Am I crazy or does goals stand for something too? I didn't see that. I feel like I remember... You, you think of what it's going to okay. stand for while I talk about SMART. I'm going to have okay. to make up an acronym or else I'm going to look silly. <laughs> Gaming out loud. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Gainful, <laughs> open aerodynamic oh that's a good one loving can we just put loving in loving life? <laughs> loving life live laugh love is the l okay stupid <laughs> some people are like serious some people are listening to us and they're sitting there like with their pencil waiting to write i don't down think that's true <laughs> that's not believable i'm sorry but believable one podster who is sitting there going please i'm trying to write this down people shut up and tell me she's just writing anna shut the hell up over and over again (laughs) why can't anna be serious why Why can't can't anna Anna shut up for once in her life (laughs) okay all right here it is smart smart s stands for specific Specific. Pacific. Not Pacific Ocean. Pacific. <laughs> it's not the specific ocean. <laughs> specific it's, ocean. You need to be sure that your goal has an exact target. So you can't be too broad about your goals. And that's kind of like the, I'm going to be completely out of debt. That might be right. too broad. So you want to be more specific. Um, your goals need to be measurable so that you can gauge whether or not, you know, like quantitatively, if you're achieving that goal, it needs to be measurable. A stands for attainable or achievable. That goes back to the other dude with the whole idea of it being achievable. Right. So, I mean, like, I would not set a goal that I want to be a famous NBA player. I'm probably, you know, that's not achievable. Because you're small. Because <laughs> I'm a small counselor. you're a small counselor. <laughs> so pro basketball is probably not in my wheelhouse. So I want to choose goals that are attainable for me. And then the next one is kind of the same. I have to admit, a lot of these are kind of synonyms. Yeah. Because R is realistic. 
So they're practical and we've planned them out to really be implemented in our real life. So again, I'm not going to be an NBA player probably. (laughs) And the T stands for time bound that this particular person who designed SMART goals said it's important to have an end date, a time limit of some sort, at least to say this is the end of this first session of trying to reach this goal. Right. So that you can stop and say, okay, am I there? How far do I still have to go? Do I need to readdress it? Achievable because how do we know if we've achieved it if it's just for Forever. Forever, right. There's got to be a point. Okay. Now, like we've often talked about these crazy researcher dudes (laughs) who take an idea and then they add to it. And that's kind of what happened here with the SMART goals. It's like when you're working on a piece of art and you're just like, it's never quite done. done. Like a kindergartner does that. That's exactly what researchers do. (laughs) Kindergartners do that. I do that. (laughs) They start art and then like, you're like, okay, that's perfect. And then they're like, no, it's not. And they add a whole bunch more. And then you're like, okay, that's good. No, No, it's not not done yet. I have heard about artists that it's not like you're ever done with the work. You just stop working on it oh so that's interesting Hmm, okay well these researchers later said hey let's add on to doran's work and they added er so now they are smarter goals which if you ask me these er's are kind of dorky but this is what they added the e stands for wait can i guess yeah e stands for ever loving (laughs) that would be so much better than what it really is E stands for ever loving. R stands for rip roaring. <laughs> Anna, you should rule the world. <laughs> I need to write if a research paper. If you river. ruled the world, everything would be okay. <laughs> I would be so happy living in your world. <laughs> okay. E actually, for these boring researchers and not Anna, E stands for evaluative or ethical, which to me is two totally separate Those things. Those are very different um, <laughs> so it's smartier. It's smartier. <laughs> smartier. It says the interventions and execution follow professional and personal ethics, which is not evaluative. It's, it's not I evaluative. see the ethical. And also, why do you have to tell somebody that your goals should follow your own ethics? I, that doesn't make sense. But we're going to come back around to that in a little bit when we, we talk about values. Sounds boring, we are. but okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, what was the E for in your ever loving? Ever loving. <laughs> ever loving your ethics because they're going to be in there. And then the R stands for rewarding, which duh, why would you choose a goal that was not rewarding? But that's what it is. Yeah. It says the end results of a goal setting should give you positive reward. Duh. Duh. I mean, I guess I can see that because I, I think there are some people who do... New Year's resolutions, I think, and they're pressured to do like something related to health or something that is, which are good goals to have. But I think for some people, they get pressured into doing them, not because it it matters to them, but because it seems to matter to everyone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people have goals to like start families or get a certain place in their career because it's important to like society or their family where I think that's less important to some people and they don't want to admit that because it's important to everyone around them. So that that brings us back around again to the personal values, which is, I guess maybe we should just... Let's just do it, yeah. Let's just talk about that. And that is that that's just in general research and information that when you're setting your goals, your goals are specifically to reflect your own personal values. Right. What you want to be, who you want to be. And so part of the whole idea of setting goals is you got to get to know what you want and who you are, which, oh my gosh, 
bazing, 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 bazing. <laughs> we need some wild, crazy sound effects because that's what we always talk about. The self-awareness thing. The self-awareness. Yeah. So as we get ready, before we set the goals, we need to look at ourselves and say, okay, where am I? Who am I? What do I want to be? Where do I want to go? Not because exactly what Anna just said. Not because somebody else wants me to go there, but because I want to go there. Right. And that's how we start to set our goals. Right. Right, right, right. Right, 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 right. Rootin' tootin'. Do you have anything in your notes about Cecil Mace? Nope. That sounds like a dope name. Okay. I would have remembered. He's a cool name, isn't he? Cecil Alec Mace. Cecil is, Mace. I like Cecil. He was the first person. Sounds like a cowboy. It <laughs> <laughs> is in a cowboy mode lately. I don't know. You started it with Howdy Doody. <laughs> howdy Doody. Howdy Doody. Howdy Doody. What did I call the R in Smarter? Rip Roaring. No, Rip Roaring. See, that goes with Rootin' Tootin'. tootin'. Would have been better. <laughs> Rootin' tootin' rip roaring good time. Goals. <laughs> well, Cecil. Cecil is the first person that we can look to that actually carried out empirical studies on goal setting. Oh dang. I know. Go Cecil. 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 <laughs> Way back in 1935. Dude. Whoa. I know. Like he was That's... all about going through the depression and then bam. Let's talk about goals. <laughs> let's rebuild. It's like let's uh we need some goals. We need something. We to need look some goals. To. Everybody's very depressed around yeah. here. <laughs> His work emphasized the importance of the willingness to work. And work toward a goal, basically, to make yourself work when you don't feel like working. Can I go back to the time managed thing for a second? Okay. And the smart. Yes. I've been dealing with a client who our goal for him right now is just to kind of get through the next couple months, Mm -hmm. which I know doesn't seem like much of a goal, but this kind of goes with, I mean, the depression thing is what made me think of it. Because like, especially if there's a really hard time going on, your only goal may just be like, survive today. Mm -hmm. And especially if you can have like an end date, like he's going through a really rough time. And I'm like, okay, you got to give yourself a certain end date so you have something to look forward to because that's going to make this a lot easier to get through. Like if you just have a a goal that never ends, it's it's hard. You got to have an end of the road. Yeah, you Mm got to have something to look forward to to be like, and once I get here, I will have achieved something. Right. Instead of just being like, that's forever now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's hard. That kind of goes with the whole theme of like 12-step programs and a lot of things we do in therapy where we say one day at a time. Yeah. Just just one, even one minute at a time. Yeah. One moment at a time. I think that's really, yeah. you know, and we just went through the holidays. And I don't know about you, but with several of my clients, we talked about just get to January like 10th. Yes. Get, get past the holidays and then... Take a deep breath and reevaluate and set some new goals. Right. Because the holidays for many people are very difficult and their goal was just to get through it. Yep. So and that's okay. I totally agree with that. Okay, so we just want to kind of do a shout out to Cecil. Cecil, Cecil. He told us that Mr. it is Mace. important to have those. And that empirical evidence, you know, we talk about a lot in psychology that when we want to talk about why something's important, we kind of point back to research and we say, studies show. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that like when we when we talk about these studies they're like duh studies. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons that we have duh studies Mm -hmm. is so when people are like, Well, where's the evidence? We can point to a duh study. Right. And be like, We didn't think that this needed to be proven with empirical evidence, but here you go. Yeah, because some people need that guy who's having an argument with me on Facebook. (laughs) Here you go. You butthead. <laughs> you butthead. You jerk. You friend of a friend. 
researcher after researcher and um, counselor after counselor, all of these different things that I could reference, many, many of them start with the idea that the first thing you need to do is self-evaluate before you set your goals. Yeah. And that goes back again. I'm going to keep going back to how Anna said it because I thought she said it so well. Good job, Anna. Thanks. Good job. That we should not set our goals just because, okay, oh my God, it's the first of the year and we got to set some resolutions and everybody else is losing weight, so I guess I should lose weight and whatever. Everybody else is having kids because we're in our late 20s, so we should have kids. We hold up this like New Year's resolution as like, that's when I start my new goals. And I think that really limits us because we, we need to be free to start goals whenever we want. Right. Because we're not going to automatically feel motivated at the beginning of the year. Like mm-hmm. I said, like for me, the beginning of the year is a lot of pressure and I don't feel motivated to do stuff. New Year's resolutions have never worked for me. Like I've never been good at setting them. I've never been good at following through if I do set them. I, I just, it's too much pressure and I don't like people telling me what to do. And I don't <laughs> like people telling me that I should be changing my life just because it's the, it's a January instead of a December. Right. It's like, just, just start goals whenever you want. Do it when you're ready. Right. Well, if it makes you feel any better, they the Harvard business people say that 92%, did you get that? Uh, the, 92% yeah. of all New Year's resolutions fail by January 15th. I 92%. Got, I got the opposite and very slightly different. I got the University of Scranton said that 8% of people achieve their New Year's goals mm-hmm. and that a research study done by a social network for athletes called Strava, the network is called that. Af- mm-hmm. The athletes aren't all named. <laughs> hey, Strava. Every athlete. Oh, you're Strava too? <laughs> Every athlete's name is Strava. Uh, found that January 12th is the day that most people give ah. up their New Year's resolution. So halfway through January. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. There's a, so I have a lot of resolution statistics, actually. Okay. A clinical psychologist named Joseph Luciani reported that 80% of people fail to keep their resolutions. Uh, I don't know who Luciani is. I don't know the difference between a New Year's goal and a New Year's resolution. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like the same thing to me. Yeah, but. I don't know. So he had people that were a little better than that. I guess. Well, because the, the Scranton one specifically said like 8% achieve their New Year's goals. Uh. And Luciani said 20% of people achieve their resolutions. Mm. I don't know what the difference is. A science journal called the Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin said about 55% of resolutions were health-related. So that's why I bring up the, like, getting fit is a huge one. That's the biggest one that I've ever seen, I think. It actually, 55 seems low to me. I think that's the one that people talk about more often. That's the biggest one, I think, yeah. Yeah. That and financial. I think financial is a close second, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) None of my friends ever talk about financial goals because we're all like, we're going to be in debt until we're 80. It's fine. (laughs) We just don't talk about it. We just don't talk about it. We just don't acknowledge it. It's just the next day on the calendar, guys. Like, I, I probably sound super pessimistic saying it that way, but it's just the sun sets and then the sun rises. And the idea is that you have to be ready to embrace your goals. They have to come from inside of you. They can't be imposed on you by someone else. And that's why all that self-evaluation is so important. If anything, and it doesn't have to be on New Year's Eve, at any day, any time, you can just stop and say, I need to stop and evaluate myself and evaluate my life and decide, am I where I want to be? And if I'm not, how do I get there? Right. And what goals can I set to get there? So, And there is, I don't want to say like, you should never push yourself to achieve goals because you do need to push yourself sometimes Mm -hmm. 
there is benefit in saying like, okay, maybe I'm not ready to fully change my life, but that's where that self-evaluation comes in. You're like, I, I want things to be different. I'm not ready to change this part of my life yet. What part am I ready to change? Mm -hmm. And then change that and make a goal out of that. So you can still, if you know you want something to be different, you can still work toward that even if it's not like, I'm going to fix it in a right. month. Right. Like that's you Take those little steps. Yeah. Those little dopamine hits. Yeah. Little dopamine. Do you have anything else you want to say about resolutions? Um, I don't think so. I think those okay. are my main. Can I turn for a minute about therapy? About how we set goals in therapy? Yeah. Because of really huge, we sometimes talk on Freudian Sips about therapy and because Anna and I both are counselors. Mm -hmm. And so we do therapy. That's what we do. That's what um, counselors do. That's what we counsel. Small, small counselors. Small counselors. And <laughs> tall counselors as well. I guess so. We all do that. I don't think I know um, any tall counselors. <laughs> hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> I know one who's very tall. <laughs> But most of us, yeah, we're kind of short people. I don't know. Is we compensating for something? I'm not sure. <laughs> but a big part of therapy is goal setting because what we what we do in therapy, we I think pretty universally call a treatment plan. Yeah. We do a treatment plan with our clients, and that is to look at what brought you to therapy, why are you here, what do you want to accomplish, and then literally to set goals to what do you want to accomplish through therapy? What right. are we going to work on? And so we literally put it in writing and and different therapists do it differently I know that the way that I do it with my clients is that we talk about it and then I type it out that's not right is that modern words type it out yes I tippity tappity <laughs> on the, tappity on on the, the computer. keyboard keyboard <laughs> And push the print button, <laughs> and then we review it, and then the client signs it, and I sign it, it's, and yeah, that's very similar. I I after our intake session, I just take what we've talked about, and I make the treatment plan like kind of independently, mm -hmm. but then I go over it with them, and then they sign it. So mm -hmm. if they have anything to add or change, we add it and change it then. But usually, I mean, I'm just reflecting what they've told me during the intake. And then ideally what we do within the sessions of therapy is we tr we go by that treatment plan to guide our client to achieving those goals. Sometimes things come up that were not on the original no, treatment plan right. and, and we go with whatever that is, especially as humanistic counselors, we do that. But the goals do lead us. Yeah. And and they're very effective that way, I think. Back to that Harvard study that I was talking about before, one of the things that they talk about in there is that 83% of the U.S. population do not have written goals, 83%. And I would almost think it's maybe higher than that. Possibly. Because I don't know very many people actually write their goals. I think it depends on what they goals. would call a goal. Because I have written goals for like my day. Yeah. I mean, like I, like I said earlier, like I have written goals that I will achieve very in a short term that are leading to maybe long-term goals. But yeah, I have, I, I talk to a lot of people that I'm like, what do you, it's kind of like a job interview, like where do you see yourself in five years? Right. I think I'm going to work with one of my clients on like actually doing a vision board. Have you ever done that before? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where you like, it, like you click cut things out of magazines yeah. and you make a. For people who are visual, that's really good. Yeah, you just make like a spread of like, here's what I want my life to look like in three years mm -hmm. or one year, five years. And it's like just being able to look at something that's concrete saying, this is what I'm working toward mm -hmm. can be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. But I can always tell when people come in and they're not super invested in therapy because I can't tell what their goals are. If That's they, really true. If they That's leave a good way to put it. and I'm trying to work on a treatment plan, I'm like, I, I have no what idea what this person wants yeah, to do. Yeah. Then I, I'm 
I can almost guess that they're probably not going to come in for a second session. Right. Like maybe they were pressured to come to the first or maybe like they were referred and they didn't want to come. But I can usually tell like if they're not sitting there going like, this is what I want to get better, Mm -hmm. then they they don't have a buy-in because they don't know what they're working on. Right. Which goes back to the self-evaluation thing. Yeah. They're there, but they don't know why they're there. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Can I tell you about Locke and Latham? Please do. Actually, I just I just looked at him. Oh, yes. You did? Oh, dang it. Tell me about Locke. Well, so Locke and Latham has five key principles for goal setting mm-hmm. uh, from a research study they did in 1990, which was 30 years ago, I everyone. Know, very key? <laughs> 30 years ago. 1990 is as far away as 2050 is. <laughs> We're closer to 2050 <laughs> than we are. <laughs> uh, Oh, time is flying by. Time is weird. So Locke and Latham have five key principles, and I'm gonna make you very angry, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get there. Me or the whole Everyone, audience? Whoever likes symmetry is gonna be very <laughs> that angry. That would be with me. This. Okay. So first one, clarity. So this is how specific and comprehensive the goal is. And a lot of these go back to the smart goals thing, because mm-hmm. this is basically the S in smart. Okay. Challenge is the next one. So what we feel about the goal is dependent on how difficult the goal is and the degree to which it requires us to extend our abilities. So it does, our goals need to challenge us a little bit. Like we can't have a goal, like if I already don't have a problem like taking a shower or brushing my teeth every day, if I write that down as a goal, it's not going to give me that dopamine hit because I'm not achieving anything that's challenging me. So it does. That's a good point. I hope everybody heard that. If you don't have a problem with showering and brushing your teeth, do not add that to your goal no, list. No, don't put down a yeah. goal. That you already do very easily. No. Now, I will say I have done things like I'm doing things during the day and I managed to accomplish something that wasn't on my to-do list originally. Like I'm I'm going out of my, like if I'm cleaning my house or something and I managed to clean, clean the, the bathrooms re- too yeah. and I didn't have that on my list, I'll write that on my list so mm-hmm. I can tra- check it off. That's okay. It's not like I'm adding things that I'll do all the time. But if I get going and I do something outside of my list above and beyond, you can still mark that off and have it as like, a, ooh, I achieved a goal. Mm-hmm. even if you didn't originally have it right but don't put down things that you're gonna do anyway right because that's not gonna give you the satisfaction that that is in many different studies and information that i read as well that your goals have to have some degree of difficulty mm-hmm. and that depends on you right what the difficulty is yeah. because for you the brushing teeth might be a difficult yeah thing. But for you, it might need to be more challenging than that. Right. Just make sure it's not too challenging. You've got to find the sweet spot in the middle. Ah, sweet spot. Because then if it's too challenging, then you probably won't be able to achieve it. And then you will get that dopamine shut off. Balance, balance, balance. Balance, balance, balance. So that's clarity, challenge. The third is commitment. Do we recognize a pattern here? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Commitment is... Commitment. How dedicated we are to reaching the goal, which is the C in mm-hmm. ABCs, mm-hmm. and and what value it gives us. And the higher our commitment level, the more likely we are to increase our efforts or change our strategy if we aren't yet able to reach the goal. So if we have this goal and we're not committed to it, we're just going to give up if we're like, oh, I'm not I'm not getting there. I'm not progressing toward the goal. But if it really matters to us, like it, and that goes back to the value thing too. If right. it really matters to us and we're like, oh, what I'm doing isn't getting me toward this goal, I need to do something differently. So it depends on how much the goal actually matters to us. And motivation and goal setting are kind of a vice versa, kind of an Ouroboros situation where 
like motivation leads us to goal setting. Like a lot of the definitions of motivation are like a feeling that leads to goal-directed behavior. Mm-hmm. So motivation leads to goal setting, but also goal, goal setting, setting leads to mm. motivation. Yes, exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very much a vicious cycle, but vicious is a good thing in this situation. A happy vicious. A happy vicious. <laughs> a, a vivacious cycle. Oh, I like it. So number four is complexity. And that is the difficulty of the task that we need to accomplish to reach the ultimate goal. To me, that's kind of challenge. Yeah. Complexity challenge. Number five, feedback. Oh! 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 There's got to be a C word for feedback. I can think of a few C words right now. Can't think of anything. Feedback. Feedback. Oh, Oh, my OCD just kicked into overdrive. She's, she's having a stroke. To, I'm squirming in my seat. <laughs> Wait, we're going to look up the source. <sighs> Feedback. Com- criticism? Critique? Critique might work. Come on, they had to think of it. That a- took me two seconds to look up in a thesaurus, yeah, who guys. Are these people? Feedback. Okay, feedback. Lock and light them. So feedback. They were tired. They were at the fifth one. They were like, like, I can't think of any more C's, dude. We couldn't just stop at four C's. (laughs) No, this is a very important thing to them. So feedback is how our achievements are perceived and recognized by others. Now, I I mean, I was talking about your goals need to be for you, but Mm -hmm. we're social creatures and the way people react to our goals is going to affect us. Mm -hmm. And positive feedback increases the satisfaction we have after achieving the target. So the feedback can also be internal. I mean, like that's that goes back to the dopamine hit. It needs. To, it goes back to the we need to find it rewarding. Mm-hmm. Like that feedback can be internal. But that being said, many of the research things that we that we looked at talk about how important it is to have other people to hold you accountable. Yeah. When you have goals, so. which I think is a reason why a lot of people like go to gyms when right, they have a resolution right. to work or out or join Weight Watchers or. Right. Or go to a therapist, yeah. you know, to change some of their... That's a good user yeah. solution. Go to a therapist. Mm-hmm. But the feedback, if you're getting it externally especially, will ideally come right as soon as you achieve the goal. It will come immediately. So then we can evaluate our performance better. So even if it's negative feedback, like if we're getting feedback like, hey, what you're doing isn't really helpful toward your goal, the the quicker it comes after what we're doing, the, the easier it is for us to say why it's not helpful and for us to change what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are five. It's five. Five. Five key Four C's and one F. Four C's. <laughs> That's what it should be called. Four C's and an F. <laughs> it's like a, so it's like a, a bad a report bad card. card. <laughs> that is not a good goal to have in school. Four C's and an F. So I can go over, there's a couple of research studies that are kind of niche. Like a few studies talk about goal setting in teams instead of individuals. A couple of research studies around the 2000 mark. So one of them is Kowalski and Klein, and the other one is Christoph Brown and Stevens. There's four names there. Good luck trying to figure out which one's which. But they found that when goal setting in teams rather than individuals, the agreement of the team members on the goals caused greater personal satisfaction than like how strong the goals actually were. This is hilarious to me. It says a lot about working in groups. So you just all want to get along. Yeah. Just like, oh God, finally. It doesn't, doesn't we, make any sense, but at least on a we goal. agree. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what the goal is, but we all got there. We're so happy. Working in groups sucks. <laughs> there was a study by Powell Pickley and Ives in 2004. What a great set of names. Ives. 
And Pokely and Ives. It sounds like some kind of a Celtic something. Does it? <laughs> I don't think that's true. Um, uh, not at all, but okay. But they did a study about virtual teams that like remotely collaborated on projects. Okay. Uh, they found that designing interactions that encourage goal setting led to shared mental models is what they called it. So again, I'm not sure what this means. And, and I wasn't invested enough to research it further because I had already fallen asleep twice by this point in my research. <laughs> research tends to do that Research is hard. I was doing it very late at night. And I would like... I was, Set a goal, Anna, to get your work done before the middle of the night. I, I got a weighted blanket for myself as a present for myself for Christmas. <laughs> and I love it. And it makes me fall asleep so easy. So I was like sitting on the couch and I would like zonk out. And then I would wake up and tip, tap, type, 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 type. <laughs> and then I would fall asleep again. <laughs> and I would wake up and tip, tap, type. So I'm not sure super what it means, but what I can gather from it is when we collaborate with people, the interactions themselves need to remind us to set goals. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting to me that we do have to say it explicitly, but we also talked about how a lot of people don't have written goals. Right. So I think it's just something people think that they do, but don't explicitly do. Right. So it helps, especially in group settings to have a shared goal, but we all just assume our goal is shared. Right. But that kind of highlights how intentional goal setting has to be. And I hope that is something that this episode does. If you're listening to this and you're not sure what to take from this episode, take that like you need to set goals and you need to be explicit about it. Mm -hmm. Whether that's writing it down, whether it's making a vision board, whether it's, you know, putting a, 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 a note in your like voice recordings on your phone, whether it's just, you know, putting something in your room that be intentional. Yeah, just be intentional about it. Because I talk that goes to people not knowing what they want mm -hmm. i talk to a lot of people when they come in that i'm like where what are you working toward and they don't know they know vaguely what they want to do but they don't know how to intentionally set the goals to do it right so having a goal and setting a goal <laughs> seem like different things mm -hmm. and we need to be intentional about setting goals not just kind of having a vague idea about what we want to do. And that all, it all comes back around to that idea that we talk about all the time about self-awareness and getting to know yourself and this idea that we've already talked about now that you have to evaluate your own values and what you want. It takes some time and some work. You can't just jump out and say, this is my goal. So you you need to really be specific. Right. That's the word we keep saying too. Specific. And and these days there are so many ways that you can, like you said, Anna, like you can do those bullet journals. You bullet you could, journal. I'm sure there's apps on your oh, phone. Oh God, there's a million to That have apps. a complete, you know, how to set your goals. There, There is research that shows if you actually write it with your little hand, and everything is little it's it is more with powerful with your small hand than if you tippity type it on your computer or on your phone yeah. i know you think that it's the same but it's not your brain does not process that the same way our brain hasn't upgraded so, to think that's right your important. brain was created without the tippy tapping we're still, <laughs> we're still running human 1.0 that's just why we have a flight or flight Don't mechanism. argue with it. Just do it both yeah. ways. But there are so many ways that you can set those goals. But as Anna said, be intentional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you are a visual learner, like to me, if I just had, like if I wrote my list of goals down and I put it up in my room, uh -huh. it wouldn't be effective for me as if I had a vision board. Right. Because you're just, very into that, yeah. that visual. I just wouldn't. Uh -huh. I wouldn't. 
And for me, if I had it on my phone and not on a piece of paper, it would not mean as much. It would not go into my brain. You just need to know what's going to be effective You need. It goes back to evaluating who you are and being self-aware. Yes. Doing it your way. But do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. (laughs) The same study said that virtual teams should have – this is kind of a side note. It only tangentially has to do with goals. But it's hilarious and I'm going to say it. (laughs) Suggested that virtual teams should have a caretaker in charge of sharing goal-critical information, clarifying the roles of group members, and making sure teammates' efforts and contributions advance the team toward its goals. Now, so it needs a mommy. It needs every team. That's needs a hilarious mommy. that you say that because what's in my head is a wizened old man, <laughs> a wizard with a staff, who's going to tell you about your goals and whack you on the head with the staff when you're not working toward the group goals. Or a little nun with a ruler. <laughs> a little nun with a ruler. Depending on your reference point. <laughs> a little nun. I think they were talking about virtual collaboration, so I'm not sure that would be as effective. None of it works. But if you're LARPing as a wizard for your caretaker role in this group collaboration, it's not going to be super helpful, but you do what you do. Uh-huh. Okay, Mom, how do we end this? Do you have some fun things to end Can I just with? give you some, like, quotes from some some important people about goals? Please do. I can't wait do you to remember hear the name? about who you find important. Do you remember Zig Ziglar? You remember that name? I remember that name. Yeah, Zig Ziglar. Uh, he's a big motivational speaker How could dude, I forget okay? that name? Zig Ziglar. I think he had to make up his name. Zig <laughs> He has a quote that says, a goal properly set is halfway reached. Ooh. Ooh, Zig. Zig. Okay, you know. You know, <laughs> you know Michael Phelps. Yeah, swim? The swimmer sw- dude. The swim man? Yeah, he says, I <laughs> I wanted to do it kind of like a pothead, but I couldn't bring up that imagery. Freudian smokes! I, <laughs> I think goals should never be easy. They should force you to work, even if they're uncomfortable at the time. All right. Which all makes right, perfect right. sense. You kind of had a Matthew even, McConaughey vibe Even going. though he kind of reminds me of that kind of person, actually. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I brought that across. <laughs> and I make fun of him because of the whole pot thing. But hey, he you actually know what? I don't think pot makes you a better swimmer. I think, if anything, it makes you less motivated for your goals. So you know what? If you can smoke pot and be an athlete and be an Olympic swimmer, he got all kinds do of gold it. medals. Do it. So he's doing, he is a Good job, goals. Michael. Michael, go. Illinois Michael. is behind you, Michael. Let's see. Um, how about Andrew Carnegie? God, Mom, how what? many pages of quotes? Hey, hey, chill she out. Five I'm not going to share all of them. Pages of quotes, Anna's and they're so intense. spread out I in have front a of goal her. to share these with you. Okay. Here's Andrew Carnegie. Sure. He's a big point. He's, he's a man. Dude. Okay. Like Carnegie Hall? If, if you want to be... <laughs> If you want to be happy, set a goal that commands your thoughts, liberates your energy, and inspires your hopes. That's live, laugh, love. Just more words. (laughs) Okay, this is my last one. (laughs) Okay. Are you sure there's five pages? Pablo Picasso. (gasps) This one's just for you. Pablo says, Our goals can only be reached through a vehicle of a plan in which we must fervently believe and upon which we must vigorously act. There is no other route to success. Wow. Pablo is very deep. Pablo. <laughs> Pablo, paint it, dude. It's much easier to understand if you paint it. Yeah, just Pablo. <laughs> stick with now what you, you know, know my why dude. his paintings look the way they look. Because that's how his brain works. Okay. Okay. Wait, so, I want to pick one. Lots of famous people say that it's really important to um, oh, have goals 
Anna's picking one. She's picking she's into my paperwork. I don't know who any of these people are. I think Am I ignorant? <laughs> I think they're kind of um, before your time. I was on old, old oldpeople.com. People no, this is, you know this guy, don't you? Gotten? No. Okay. Ted Turner. Okay, Ted Turner's a good one. This is from Ted Turner. You should set goals beyond your reach so you always have something to live for. I don't. I don't think Ted Turner is a real. I think maybe you need some therapy. I like that thing that you say sometimes about we should reach for the whatever because you land among the. Reach for the moon because even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. That one? Yeah. Technically, scientifically, (laughs) is that true? Because the moon is closer than any other stars. Um, mom, (laughs) mom, mom, mom. But I like it. I like that you say it. It's Reach just... for the moon because even if you miss, you will explode in the vacuum of space. <laughs> and you won't care and anymore. And you won't care anymore. <laughs> That's sad. No. <laughs> so in summarizing yeah. today's episode of Freudian Sips about the psychology of setting goals. In what 2020. Have we, what have we learned, Anna Marie? That goals should be smart. And there should be ABCs. You should get four C's and an F. And <laughs> you are so good. <laughs> and that you should set goals when you're ready, not Amen. just because it's the beginning of a decade. Amen. And preach it, sister. That you should find personal value in your goals and you register should. to vote. And you should take those <laughs> hits of dopamine. Take a hit. Take a hit of dopamine whenever you can. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have small goals. Don't be afraid to have small little goals. Yes. Even if it's just doing a load of laundry. Mm-hmm. Because that's dopamine, baby. Mm-hmm. That's dopamine, baby. So as soon as you're done with listening to our podcast today, sit down and write some goals. Write even some goals. just one. Yeah. Okay. Even if your goal is listen to all the other episodes of Freudian Sex. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, a great, great goal. goal. <laughs> Okay, that's it. If I knew a way to make that translate into text, I would make that the title of the episode, but I don't know. Goal. Like a whole bunch of O's and a whole bunch of A's. And I guess so. Do you want to thank the people for listening? I would love to. Sipsters, we missed you while we had this short holiday hiatus. Um, But we hope that you did listen to some other episodes. And if you haven't, that you will do that. We always appreciate it um, when you leave us a review. But most of all, we just love it that you're here with us, that you sit and have a beverage with us and share some time with us. So thank you for joining us today. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. We really did miss you. We're happy to be back. We are happy to be spending this time with each other. We missed each (laughs) other a lot. So I hope that came through. You can find us on all the social medias. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're Freudian Sips Pod on everything, as well as our site, FreudianSipsPod.com, to catch up on all the latest episodes and everything. If you want to get a hold of us directly, if you want to email us your proof of your review so we can send you a sticker, if you want to email us ideas for episodes or questions you may have, get a hold of us at FreudianSipsPod at gmail.com. Please remember to leave us a nice rating and review if you can do that wherever you're listening, especially iTunes and Podchat. Our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod, and it sounds like this. (laughs) 